I'm Jonathan Goldstein, host of Wiretap. Each week you're invited to listen in on my telephone conversations, whether funny, sad, wistful, or even slightly strange. You never know just what you might hear on Wiretap. Uh, I mean, I knew you had a show. I just, I just didn't think that people actually listened to it. Howard, That's you... the breath of your genius, Jonathan. It's not just that you're funny, but you can be cripplingly, poignantly depressing. The Wiretap Archives, available on CBC Listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. Welcome to Q. Today, you're going to hear my conversation with the actor Sandra Caldwell, who's been in a lot of things, like movies and TV shows that you might have seen. Uh, Book of Negroes, Cheetah Girls, Murder at 1600, Shall We Dance? I mean, big-time stage actress, starred in Broadway shows, starred in a lot of shows on stage here in Canada. In fact... Sandra's doing a stage show right now all about her own life. But for the next part of Sandra's story, I will let her tell you. Just listen to this. This year, I bought my first home. I got my first driver's license. Got my first lead in a play. And for the first time... Here's the emotional part. Got to say loudly and clearly at an audition that I'm a trans woman. You see, here's the thing. Sandra Caldwell's IMDb page is filled with role after role after role, but they're all cis women. Because for a long, long time, Sandra was keeping the secret of her identity, the secret of her transness, and she was keeping that secret out of fear. It was only in 2017, in her 60s, that Sandra started telling the world her secret. And there's nothing quite like the power of saying something that you're scared of out loud. Sandra will tell you it can set you free. So yeah, she has a new play uh, ongoing in Toronto at the Soul Pepper Theatre. It's called The Guide to Being Fabulous. Sandra's on stage singing and telling stories about her early life and the secrets and the truth that got her here. I got to see the show. I loved it. It's It's excellent. So why did she run away from home when she was 13? How does she reflect on her mom in the 70s being supportive of her transitioning? How does she feel about being called an elder? And if you only know it from Christina Aguilera and Pink, what was dancing at the Moulin Rouge actually like? Here's my conversation with Sandra Caldwell. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Nice to to have you here. I love the show. I got to see it last night. Oh, thank you. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. I had a glass of wine. <laughs> okay. Were you sitting at one of the cafe tables? No, they, they, they knew better than to put me on the front of the cafe. <laughs> they didn't want me up on stage doing the catwalk, you know. They said, that'll only ruin it, you know. I'll end, I'll end up tripping and knocking the band out, you know. You don't want that. What category would you had uh, wanted to, to be when you were up there? Would you want it to be... Uh, the fabulous category, the real category, or the you know, in, voguing in, in, category. In, ball, in ballroom? In ballroom. I, you know, I've never told anybody this. Voguing. Okay. I, I've always okay. liked voguing. Okay. Like whenever I, I, got, I got into ballroom, when I, when I, when I got into the show and I started doing this show, uh-huh. I, feel, I feel like I use my hands a lot. Look at this. You see this? <laughs> you see this? Well, all you have to do is lift them up and down like that. There you go. I feel like <laughs> I have a natural proclivity for voguing that has been yet... <laughs> Has yet to be. 
<laughs> exploited by the CBC. Did you do it in your seat while you were sitting there a little bit? Well, I know what I'm going to do when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing? How is the how is the psychic cost of doing the, talking about yourself every night? That's you know what I I I don't I don't know if I want to say I'm used to it by now. Yeah. But at first, was not used to it. Now, I've done one show about a trans woman in charm and that was different than me talking about me because yeah. i was doing playing the part of someone else yeah uh, but me talking about me is a, a lot of me yeah. <laughs> so yeah it was, that was a little rough at, at first and i thought it was going to be easy to do my life i i i don't know what i thought I thought I could just walk up there and I say, oh, I've said it already. Mm, I've spoke of it already. You know, I've used the word trans already. So it should be all right. But they had to cancel the first preview. Why? Because I fell out. What does that mean? I hit the floor, fainted. No. Dead out. Yeah. Why? What happened? Well, because I'm, I wrote the show. I wrote the music. So I'm responsible for the dialogue, yeah. and um, they were coming at me for that. They were coming at me for music, and the stress of me getting ready to talk about me and that. I, I didn't. It felt like, you know, yeah. This is this is too much me. Yeah. Yeah. So you passed out. It like hit the floor, bang. So, so what did you do to get over that? Because you did great last night. I never would have known. Well, it, 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 the I second, didn't know. I didn't know. The second night, it was, for some reason, I, I was able to talk myself out of the fear of it and talk myself into this is what you wanted to do. This is what you wanted to say. Well, I understand. I mean, not, it's not just, it can't just be the stress of like people coming to you about the music and people coming to you about the dialogue and not telling you. I mean, like the story you're telling here is not an easy one. It's not, it's not a, a, a rosy picture of a, of, a, of a life that you've led. You have to really tell some real truth here. That can't be easy on you. Well, that was the point. I had to go in 100. Yeah. I didn't like 50% does nothing. Yeah. Fifty percent is like almost lying again. Yeah. So it, it was all in or nothing. Can we tell a little bit of the story? Sure. Tell, tell sure. me. Tell me a little bit about when you were a kid. Um, uh, the runaway, of course. You were a runaway at thirteen. At thirteen. Why? You know what? I wasn't running away from anything because there was no problems at home. Um, everybody understood. Um, I don't know how they understood. They understood that I was a gay child. Yeah, and um, but what they didn't know, and I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what being trans was at thirteen. You didn't have any reference for it. No, not at all. I, where would I get a reference from? Yeah. So when I ran away, it was just a strict runaway because what I said in the piece that uh, things were a little rough at home. I won't say typical reasons. My mm -hmm. mother um, was fighting hard to mm -hmm. keep us together because jobs were, they weren't that easy to get to pay for. We, I have got uh, three other siblings. Yeah. I had three other siblings. Yeah. My brother passed away. Yeah. And she fought really hard to yeah. like keep us together. Um, 
and it was and when she moved us, it just wasn't my lifestyle. Uh, we moved in with my grandfather. Yeah, and he was a bit of character. Yeah, and I was away from the city. Yeah, um, I just had no. Yeah, I just had no clue. Yeah, I I just I don't I really can't explain why I did it. Yeah, I just left. And you end up in D.C. In D.C. You end up in Washington. And, and uh, I've been there to du- okay. DuPont Circle. Have you been to DuPont? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, um, I, I mean, when I was there, it was, you know, I think it's a different place now than it was back then. Well, that area now is gentrified. So yeah. it's like you can't, woof. We lived there. We lived literally four or five blocks from DuPont Circle. So I knew what that was. Yeah. Um, I was told not to go there. Oh, yeah. Um, but my school was not Sacred Heart. was not so far from there. So I saw it, and I knew that it was a lot of action going on. So when I ran away, it, it felt like an obvious place to go. Yeah. What did, you, what did you find when you got there? Oh, again, I say in the show, it was magic to me. Yeah. It was like so much going on. It was pure circus going on. There was music and um, all sorts of protests were going on at the same time. The Black Panther movement was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Vietnam War protests was, were, were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was surrounded by, in close to Georgetown, where there was a lot of gay clubs. And so that was another draw. Exciting. Because you began to see people... Like you, or I didn't. I didn't even know that I was like them. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. I just saw a bunch of people who were felt like they were just free. It it, it looked crazy. You could I, be. You could be who you wanted to be. You could be any, any anything. You could. Uh, it it just what it felt like. I yeah. mean, and I didn't know. I still didn't know what that was. Yeah, and I don't. I can't like. I sometimes want to recall how I lived or how I survived it. But it just happened. Life just started to happen. Years just seemed to, to, to pass away. And I met the group that I would eventually hang out with, the, um, I, the skills I learned. Yeah. People like to talk about my pickpocketing days. And, and to tell the truth, it was very minimal. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very short yeah. period of life. But, yeah. Um, the panhandling was a long time, um, but that's, it became a way of life, and it didn't bother me. Yeah. I was never scared. I was never afraid yeah. that something was going to happen to me. That didn't happen till later. Yeah. But then I moved to New York, and New York was a bit dangerous yeah. at the time. Yeah, it was a different New York than it is now. It was a totally different New York. A dangerous a dangerous. Town, um, uh, dangerous in terms of um, uh, you know, I guess uh, violence. Oh, absolutely! If you're involved in like sex work, absolutely. Very, very, it was not. A, it was. It was very dangerous. I, I can't even begin to. I, I don't want to say it was a ton, but I, like for me, a th- one, two, or three is just still a lot of um, my friends who hadn't <clears throat> uh, hadn't completely transitioned, who are no longer with us. Yeah. 
So, um, and a dear friend of mine, her name was Carmen. We hung out together. I remember when she disappeared, and I just didn't, I just didn't see her anymore. That, like I said, in the show, I said, my mom was always waiting for that phone call that I had disappeared. That was like a real life thing. Mm -hmm. But I was absolutely blessed. I am absolutely blessed to have survived. I've always been a little chicken anyway, so I, w I didn't like trouble. Well, you know, last night after the show was over, I went over and I was talking to a friend of mine uh, and, and gave her a big hug. And she's a, she's a trans mm -hmm. woman mm -hmm. of color. And she said, I hope you don't mind me saying that. She said the same thing to me. She said, I just can't believe I'm, I get to hear from someone who was around during that time, who was a trans woman during that time, who's still here. <laughs> it was, it was, it was. That time I can't e I can't e yeah, I can't begin to explain that that kind of roughness that kind of yeah. um, brutality. Bottom line, it was you know, and the going to jail part again, loitering for everything, and it was really nothing. We did nothing. Um, you would get picked up for loitering. You would get picked up for... Every day. Uh, not every day, yeah, but, but... What? Okay, two, three times a week. And they just let you go in the morning. They just was... They were trying to just get you off the street. And, they, and, and I mean, going, going to jail that much when you're a kid, I mean, that must change you in some way. That must have an effect on you. Do you know, yeah. after the first two or three times, uh -huh. doesn't phase you. Does not phase you at all. You just go. You know you're not going to stay. Yeah. You know, you know, not unless you really did something. I've never really done anything to warrant any real time, except those times in um, on Rankers Island and in uh, Montreal mm -hmm. at the Bordeaux Correctional Institution. Mm -hmm. And though what the oh, that was for, I didn't do anything wrong. But cross, well, that was wrong. But crossing the border. Mm -hmm because I was literally had a fantastic life mm. in Montreal. Mm. And I wanted to go back because I was having this life. Well, you had had a, I mean, you had had an amazing life at, uh, up to that point already. I mean, I love the stories you tell in, in this thing about when you were in New York and you were part of the ball, the ballroom scene, kind of the emerging ballroom scene. Oh, yeah. that, that's not what it is now. You know, it's it's TV shows now. And it's, know. you know, I mean, very different back then. What was, what was the scene like back then when you were there? Um, uh, to me, it was like at my age, uh, it was it was fantastic. It was glorious. It was like you go into these uh, three or four o'clock in the morning um, balls, and you could see people. They were changing their clothes on the streets and getting ready with the the finery and the um, uh, the ball battles for uh, whatever category you were, were going to walk. Um, I. Uh, again, I guess I I really just say it in the show, but yeah, I, you know when I found my category and the tricks that they would would do on the floor. Mm -hmm. There was a young lady who she had ha long hair, mm -hmm. and it was it was a thing. You were you were the you were it mm -hmm. if you had long hair. Mm -hmm. And there was a fan in the corner, and mm -hmm. she would stand on the top of the table mm -hmm. so the fan could make the hair <laughs> blow back. It was all it was it was all sorts of trick and they had the <laughs> the the navy walk, 
the army walk when you would dress up in navy. Yeah. Yeah. And you had to have all the details, all the all the details. It must have felt so exciting. It must have felt like such an exciting because you do talk you talk about these days in the show, but it must have just felt so exciting and kind of dangerous and kind of cool. Well, yeah, because you're out there and you're you're like a lot of us tried to get jobs in um in the field that we wanted to to live in. We wanted to live in glamour. So like a lot of people did try to get jobs at cosmetic counters or working in stores selling fashion and but people would turn you in in the straight world. Yeah. They wouldn't so much turn you in. It was your own that would turn you in. Turn you in. Turn you in meaning what? Oh, they would give you up, as they say. They would tell on you. Tell, tell the owner, like that you were trans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was out of jealousy, and you know, so you couldn't keep a job long. And if you were, as they say, clocked, um, the you know the owner of the establishment would fire you. Fire you. So yeah, I. It was the only place you could go, it sounds like, in the nighttime in the ballroom. It was, like one, sorry, it was one of the places you could go. It was one of the places you could go to be at what you wanted to be, as glamorous as you wanted to be. Or yeah. um, you could be completely um, femme, yeah. butch, yeah. Wh- whatever you wanted to be in that, in that segment of life. All right. So in the show, you talk a little bit about your time going to, to Moulin Rouge. Um, and and uh, you talk about all the people you met there. And you, and you talk, what was the name of the German woman again? The, Romy Hogg. Uh, muse of David Bowie, a muse of, of Mick Jagger. And you have yeah. some great, great footage. Yeah. So so Moulin Rouge to me of that era is very like, I don't know, like it's, it's like mythical to me. It's like Camelot. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've heard a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Tell me something I might not know about Moulin Rouge during that time. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's it was very glamorous. Yeah, don't get it wrong. It was very glamorous. Yeah, but ev- like everything that day mm-hmm. had a little hustle to it. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. like every bottle of champagne you sold, you got a little dollar or two for it. Okay, so it had a little hustle to it. Right. To me, at that age, being there, oh God, it was very glamorous, very glamorous, and the the costumes. It's. Uh, I learned how to be a showgirl in those in the joints, as I called them. Um, and I thought uh, being a showgirl, when you walked, it was like step, touch, step, touch. But they, it was a glide when I sang the show. And Romy taught me that you needed to. You almost looked like you were floating. If you couldn't do that, you couldn't be a showgirl. Wow. You couldn't be sure. You, you were good at it, from what I hear. I was very good. <laughs> I was very good at it. Well, help, help me with the timeline here. The timeline you were just telling me that, like, you know, when I was a kid and I left home, I, mm-hmm. you know, they, they knew they knew I was a gay kid, but mm-hmm. they didn't. And I said they didn't know you were trans. You said I didn't really know I was trans. Mm-hmm. And I said you go to Dupont Circle, and then you were said I found I found people who were like me. And then you said Tom, but I didn't really know who mm-hmm. I, I didn't know who I was yet. And, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was trans yet. When did when did that happen? When did you when did you when did you have words to describe how you, how you, who you were? Do you know what I mean? I, I do, I do, and that's something I I don't address in the show. And you don't have to with me today if you don't want to. No, it's all right. You know what? <laughs> what can happen now? Okay, you know. Yeah. It's um. There are some personal things I don't 
want to talk about and I don't like to talk about yeah. because it doesn't attach anything. It doesn't help my life and doesn't attach to me anymore. So why? I don't. We don't need to talk about stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, but the when I talk about Joanne, she was indeed um, the bar. I hope. I don't know if anybody understand, understands what a bottom lady is in, um, on the streets. That meant she was the best hustler out mm-hmm. there on the streets. And she did take me in. And she understood before me what I wanted to be. Yeah. So she helped me out, and she, she just saw it. Yeah. She just saw it. And I, it was gradual. Yeah gradual and I slid in easier with myself and at first um, you might call it you know was drag queen yeah. you go through these steps yeah you become sissy yeah drag queen yeah ball queen yeah and then you f- you discover that that's not enough for you and that's when you start to um D- uh, discover femininity. Yeah, you start paying attention to it. Yeah, you part. You start uh, paying attention to biological women, uh-huh. and you notice the change within yourself. Uh-huh. How this is moving yeah. into you. Yeah, and that's what what's happened. And I transitioned when I came back from Montreal. Um. And that's when I started to live secretly, and I did it with the help of my mom. I mean, that's one of the best. Thank you for telling me that, by the way. Mm-hmm. And um, the 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 stuff about your mom helping you is some of the, some of my favorite moments of the of the show. Talk, yeah. talk to me. A little, do you want to talk to me a little bit about how your mom? I know you have such great affection for. Her. Oh yeah, yeah. How she? Um, you know, she. <sighs> do you want to listen? We can we can move on. No, no. Uh, uh, it affects me. Okay. Um, you want tissue? I can get you tissue. Nah. Okay. That'd be good. All right. Uh, she walked me through it. Yeah. And she went to every sociological run through. She went, she raised the money for me. Wow. She went through every psychiatry meeting. She went through it all. She never flinched. She never asked me if this is really what you want to be. She she never questioned me. And the day I um, went to, um, I transitioned in uh, Trinidad, uh, not Tr- yeah, Trinidad, Colorado, mm. and um, and. She literally gave me the last bit of cash to move forward. And, yeah. What a gift. Oh, absolutely. And I wish kids could understand or um, – because a lot of kids don't get that. I'm all right. I got one over there. I'm going to get get them anyway. One second. I got it. I got it. They take them away from me because I start crying all the time. Oh, right? do you? Yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it actually can't hurt, you know? You've got to have a few tissues around, for God's sake. Um, uh, yeah, and kids, today when I hear the stories and parents not accepting, and I just don't understand that because I didn't have it. I hope this comes across the right way. 
of of that time to mm-hmm. have that support is is remarkable to me. Ah, uh, give me what you just said. There's kids now. Oh, I I I listened to the kids, and before I came out, I I had gay friends mm-hmm. that I hung out with who didn't know, and I would hear their stories. Mm-hmm. I couldn't understand because I just didn't come from that. I take my mother every year on a staycation. She doesn't like to travel. Your she mom? doesn't. Yeah. She's still with us? Yeah. Oh. Now I listen to what she wants to talk about as opposed to her mm. asking questions mm. about me and my safety. I, I want to know what she's, uh, she's thinking My guest is the actress and playwright Sandra Caldwell. We're talking about her new play, The Guide to Being Fabulous. Coming up, you'll hear more about how Sandra felt as she kept a big secret throughout her life and what it feels like when the secret that you're the most afraid, like afraid of your health and afraid of your physical safety, to share what happens when you finally tell the truth. It's after this on Q. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decoder Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. You're in the middle of my conversation with the actress and playwright Sandra Caldwell. Sandra, if you don't know her, has had a long career on stage, in movies, and on TV. And she's had that career largely playing cis women. But in 2017, after being cast as a trans woman in the Broadway show Charm, Sandra finally revealed a secret that she had been living with for decades. In an article in the New York Times, Sandra disclosed that she is a trans woman. What happens when the thing you're most scared of comes out? Why was she not so much worried about herself, but worried about how people would treat her husband. What was it like going to these auditions and building this career and having to do it in stealth? Here's more of my conversation with Sandra Caldwell. You you have this, people know you, and I knew you from this incredible acting career that you had, you know, dozens of movies and TV shows, as I mentioned. But you'll notice if you look at like the IMDb page mm-hmm. for you, it's you playing cis women. You know, you, 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 you're not publicly uh, in the industry trans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you're in... Um, you know, when you open the show, you, you talk, Sandra, about living in fear 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you to be experiencing this successful career and getting this work while living um, uh, in stealth? I was pretty good yeah. at, at being Sandra Caldwell. I was, I, I, I knew what I was doing. Now, I, <laughs> at first, was I that good? No, because I didn't know completely what I was do- what I was doing. So when I learned on my feet, and then one job became another job became another job, and um, I just met all the right people, and but in fear about doing that, I was always in the back of my mind. I knew, I knew what I was, and I knew how I, you know, how I got to be me, and 
There was one incident. I can explain it by saying this. There was one okay. incident where um, they came up from the States to do a film. And I was one of the leads in it. And uh, I won't say his name, but one of the co-stars, uh, I had to do a love scene with him. And um, he felt me like pulling back. Yeah. He said, don't worry about it. It's, it's, he asked me, was this your first love scene? Mm -hmm. I said, uh, kind of, but yeah. it wasn't. I just, I would always adjust my conversation to deal with the fear. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I was pulling back and I wouldn't let him kiss me. We got through it and, and we warmed up to it. Um, but I, in the back of my head, and I asked my agent, I said, do I have to sign a morals clause for this? You know, it's like, could I get in trouble? I mean, could I go back to jail? for Those kind of thoughts oh were my in my God. head. Yeah. What a thing to carry around with you all the time. Yeah, it was, like, it was like all the time I was doing something wrong. I mean, the moment in the play where you talk about um, – you, 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 well, actually, hold on. So, okay. so you, get, you get this job, you get this job on a, on a big, on a big show, big mm -hmm. Broadway show called Charm. Mm -hmm. you, you audition, you tell your agent, I'm going to audition, I'm gonna, but I'm going to audition as who I am. I'm going to audition as a trans woman. Mm -hmm. And you get cast as a trans woman. Mm -hmm. And in the New York Times, mm -hmm. uh, that's when the, the news kind of comes out. You, you're, you're coming out as in, as in the New York Times. I just read the article, actually, just before, before oh, yeah? you came in. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that the, the day that the news became public? Oh dear God, yes. <laughs> they made that you know that was part of the publicity. They didn't want me to talk to anybody, the production company. They said, "Don't speak to anybody because we want to do this." Um, and I was so nervous, and I wasn't nervous for myself so much. By this time, I was married, and. We live in a neighborhood where we're close to our neighbors. And I was more worried about my husband than I was worried about myself because, and I knew it was going to be in the New York Times, and that's not a small newspaper. <laughs> you know, it's a little thing. Yeah, just yeah, a little it's, newspaper. Yeah, it's a little pamphlet, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah. And <laughs> they told me it was going to be a a full and a full page in the entertainment section. Yeah. You know, a little article. That's what I thought. But when you opened the paper, it was like, ee! and I didn't know what to expect. I was ready, so ready for the phone calls to hit. That, oh, why didn't you? You tricked me, you know, as a friend. And uh, I was, I was waiting for that hammer to fall. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, how could you do that mm -hmm. to us? And I was waiting for the neighbors to like b b burn the house down yeah, or something. Yeah, you know, but none of it happened. Yeah, really, none of it. One neighbor, neighbor came over and knocked on our back door, and and said, "You're my hero." I went, "What is that?" You know, I. I that didn't even register. Um, and at the same time, I thought my career was over. When I say this, the career that I created, done, over. Quite the opposite. Um, I, I, I have never had this happen in my career before. In your life? Yeah. I auditioned or people offered me jobs, mm -hmm. but I had never took meetings. Mm. 
ABC, NBC, Fox. Oh, come in. We'd love to talk to you. There's a project that might be. I said, what the hell? But it, it became, as a matter of fact, I can say this. I'm making more moolah now than in my previous that is, it's still my career. Uh, I get called in one day mm-hmm. for a trans role, and mm-hmm. the next day with the same um, company, company mm-hmm. um, for an auntie mm-hmm. or a grandmom or a lawyer, uh, a, a straight role. So it's it hasn't affected anything. So I'm I'm still very shocked about that. This that only means the world has just. Changed completely. You must feel that. You must feel that that the world has changed. You must. You, it must be so validating. It must be such a good feeling. I oh think. yeah, I get pissed. I was pissed off for a long time. Yeah. After Charm, <laughs> I'm saying, now you now you do this. Now you get all these freedoms. Now it's 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 a it's good to be trans. It's free to live openly. You know, I I used to feel hurt that I didn't get to have that privilege. But now I'm um, I'm happy to be what the kids like last night. I always get a group of young trans women mm-hmm. who are waiting to see me. And I it's usually they're waiting to see me in tears mm-hmm. because they as this is this is one one of the things I'm going. I don't know if I like this. What they call me an elder. I yeah. Went, oh, I'm not quite there yet. They am call I? you an elder. They, yeah. That, you're a mentor. You're an you're an idol to them. You're oh. you're someone who paved paved the way for them. Yeah. They use the word icon, and I, I that freaks me out. I'm going not no. Well, I, I knew I knew some of those folks in the audience last night who, oh, who, who said that to you, and I and I know they're they're making some of the most like groundbreaking and powerful like art in this country right mm-hmm. now, and they're getting jobs, and they're getting TV shows, and they're getting exactly. stuff. Exactly. So I'm not surprised they feel that way about you. Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, why didn't this happen 20 years ago? What's yeah. going on? Um, but I'm 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 so pleased and happy that. Young folk, not just trans um, kids, but everybody in the, in the community. I'm thrilled. I really, really am that it's not a dirty word anymore. Do you know? Um, yeah. It's oh, people are still living in a little bit of secrecy. Yeah, and I understand it's, that. Listen, let's not pretend that everything's okay. No, it's not. Still, trans kids no, all around not. the world. Yeah. I mean, in in some places in, in Canada, the U.S. getting worse. But, but I know I don't understand that right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But I understand what you mean. It's, yeah. it's I can see that how affirming that is for you. Yeah, but secrecy. How. Look, if you if you want to live in secret, go ahead and live in secret. Nobody's saying jump out and tell your tell your business. If you want to live in secret, live in secret. If you want to live out, live out. Mm. And it shouldn't be that you have to pick one because you don't. I realized I didn't ask you this that I was going to ask you. Your mom went to see Charm. Oh, she would like uh, I I knew not to invite her to this. This would have really pushed her over the edge. But every, she came to see Charm, and she was like, she was just so overwhelmed that she just she couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle it. The the the, the pride first of all, and then it, that whole mom thing. She sort of released that she could stop 
waiting for that nasty phone call or or her child was going to be all right, you know, and at her age to still hold on to that and be able to have that release this this far in life. No, I can't I I she would have boom, hit the floor. But she comes to charm and you you say she has this moment where she goes, "Okay, my daughter's going to be okay." It was absolutely like she just released. That's and a, yeah. That's a beautiful thing. You, yeah. it, it's, it's a beautiful show you did last night, and I, oh, I hope I hope you. more people get to see it. Thank you so much for coming. It's such a great, such an honor to well, meet you. Th- you're a lot of fun. You're Thank a lot of you fun. Thank you for having you're me. You're a lot of fun. <laughs> that was my chat with the icon Sandra Caldwell. I feel like I did a bit of Larry David there at the end. You are. You're a lot of fun. You can catch her in The Guide to Being Fabulous, which I absolutely loved. That's on at Soul Pepper in Toronto right now. All right, that's it for the show today. Tomorrow on the show, Magic Jordan met while studying at the University of Toronto, quickly realized they had a creative kinship, and soon they were signed by Drake to his record label and touring the world, touted as the next big thing. Magic Jordan dropped by to talk about living up to the hype around them, protecting their partnership, and why surrounding yourself with good people is so important. That's tomorrow on the show. If you want to get in touch with me, q at cbc.ca is the best way to do that. Or drop me a line on Instagram. I'm at Tom Joe Power. We'll see you soon. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.